Hola, welcome back, amigos and amigas. So, this is part two of Sam Harris and why he decided to talk smack about Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche in his book, Sam Harris's book, Waking Up, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. I shared with you a few thoughts in my last podcast about this. I hope you had a chance to to listen to it. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you a few more points that remained with me after the last podcast on this matter. But before I do so, I just want to share with you just briefly a background about my involvement with the Shambhala community. It started in 1982. I was a university student, and my involvement with the Los Angeles Sangha lasted till about uh, 2002 or 2003, at which time I I took a leave of absence, and uh, I always knew that I, it was just a matter of time before I would return at some point, and my leaving the community was, uh, really it amounted to, hey, You've been involved with this path for 20 years or so, and maybe you should explore what what it uh, it's like for you to break um, this umbilical cord for a while and see what you're you're made of. But not long after leaving the community, I discovered that. Even if you do have discipline and you maintain an ongoing practice, that you're still not exposed to all the good benefits of um, being a part of a community and (coughs) rubbing shoulders with fellow Sangha members and so forth. And so I just knew that I had to somehow find a group of um, practitioners to, well, to have that um, um, good stuff that Sangha is supposed to represent. Uh, A friend of mine that uh, had also left the Shambhala community had become part of this Zen center in Los Angeles, so I started attending uh, these uh, morning sitting sessions, and I would stay for the talk that the Roshi there would give, and after a talk, lunch was offered to the um, community, and the Roshi would hang around and, and talk to to people that uh, had attended the morning session. And um, the topics of conversation were varied, but a few times the topic of conversation was Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche and the Shambhala community. And on a few occasions, the Roshi and some of the Zen students there were critical of Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche. The fact that he was an alcoholic and he slept with some of his students and so forth and so on. And <clears throat> I would just sit there and listen to these criticisms as they would go on and on. And later, uh, I felt 
cowardly. Uh, I felt cowardly that I didn't say anything, and it wasn't so much that I didn't say anything, and I felt cowardly because, you know, I should have supported this right teacher of mine that I had been fortunate enough to have met and and uh, he somehow needed right my intervention <clears throat> and he needed someone to um, correct or at least uh, back him up you know in some way it wasn't so much like that that I wanted to be uh, a crusader right for Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche and his reputation it was not like that at all. <clears throat> it was more of a, dude, you were fortunate enough to have met him, and you have your experience as a reference to this teacher, Chogim Trumpa, which is as valid as anybody else's that, that met him. And the least you could have done was just to have spoken the truth about your own, ex your own experience and have shared that with this um, Zen community as they were criticizing him. And the fact that I didn't, at the very least, do that was, <clears throat> well, it didn't, it didn't feel good. As I said, it felt, um, felt cowardly. So, Look, um, I'm under no illusions here about somehow um, believing that Chogim Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, and I've mentioned this previously, that uh, somehow he needs uh, people like me to stand up for him and defend his, his honor, right? Look, it, he, he does not need that from anybody, especially me. Uh, his life and his teachings... And all the people that he impacted speak for him. So after these few experiences at this Zen center, um, I said to myself, look, next time you encounter something like this and people start talking about Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, at the very least you can do is share with people your own experience. And most importantly, because the life of Someone like Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, you know, as well as one can say our life, anybody's life, should never be reduced to to the narrow scope of, of a few events, no matter how real and impacting and controversial they were. Uh, it's just uh, it's just never fair when we do that to to anyone, and especially to to someone like um, Chogim Trumper Rinpoche, because, um, well, it just, uh, I think, unfairly blurs and taints the vast impact that he had with, with so many people and continues to have to this day. So, um, there you are. That's the background I wanted to share with you that is behind my motivation to address this Sam Harris criticism of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And now for the few additional points that I wish to share with you 
related to the criticism of Sam Harris, as found in his book. As you might recall, if you listened to the last podcast, after Sam Harris talks about this event that took place during the 70s involving this couple, um, they were poets, and I shared with you that what took place was regrettable, it um, should never have happened, and so we can, we can say a lot about that. That's not really the, the issue here at all. The point I, I was trying to make was that how Sam Harris goes on to, to use this quotation from Cutting Through Spirit to Materialism. It's really um, part of a teach- the teaching of the Paramita of Generosity. And Sam Harris just completely misses the whole focus of the comments that Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche was making in connection to this Paramita and its impact that it has on on anyone that contemplates this Paramita and that proceeds to experience directly the significance of this teaching as one engages one's mind through the sitting practice of, of meditation and most importantly as one applies you know this understanding and this direct experience to to our our life anyhow I, I don't want to to repeat what uh, I, I already uh, covered in this last episode concerning this if you're interested in the points I I make well um you can listen to the previous podcast the point I want to focus on here it's a pretty simple point that applies to, to any human being, not just Shogun uh, Trumper Rinpoche. And the point is that uh, as we attempt to talk negatively about others, we zoom in on things that someone may have done that was negatively uh, impacting right upon somebody. They injured someone or they participated, right, in certain behavior that was um, questionable and could be easily criticized. And as we do so, right, it blurs and it um, obscures uh, the remainder of that person's life. And one can see this easily well, within families, brother and your sister or you remember what, what somebody did years and, and years ago and you never forget that, right? Uh, they they made you feel in a particular uh, particular way, and you always remember that uh, bad feeling that they made you feel, and everything else that uh, your brother or your sister may have um, done to you is uh, overshadowed by that one or two uh, events, unfortunate as as they were. And, you know, it just so happens that as human beings, we do this quite a lot, especially when it suits us, when it somehow benefits us to talk badly about others, and we do that focus on the bad stuff that we can come up about them, that we can talk to others about, 
and uh, all of a sudden that blurs. The vast majority of the person's life that we are criticizing. So, I, I really think that this is really what it amounts to that Sam Harris is doing here with Joachim Trumper Rinpoche in his book. You know, he's taking a fraction of the life of Joachim Trumper Rinpoche and he's using that for his own right, publicity purposes with his audience. And the fact of the matter is that, yes, what Sam Harris pointed to in regards to that unfortunate event did take place. There's no need to deny the reality of what happened. And, you know, it occurred. It was true. And there's, I mean, it would be silly, it would be stupid to, to attempt to anyway defend that unfortunate event uh, in any way whatsoever. It's just one doesn't have to do that, uh, especially with uh, s as one attempts to, um, you know, in any way defend the life of Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche. You know, one can just simply say, yeah, that, that happened. Uh, yes, he was an alcoholic, and yes, he slept with some of his students, and all of that is true. And by the way, guess what? Uh, the other stuff is also true which represents the vast remainder of his life, right? all of his teachings, and uh, the countless ways that he impacted others, and the vast uh, amount of uh, contributions that he, he made and continues to make in the life of, of human beings. Guess what? Uh, that happens to be true also. And it must be said that this point almost qualifies at the, at the level of a no-brainer type of point because uh, obvious that humans are a mix of, of a lot of things and some humans leave behind a tremendous amount of, of good that continues to, to impact people and most of us leave uh, very little behind. But... Um, these great people that contribute a lot, you know, that continues to benefit humans no matter what their, the particulars of their private life that they lived uh, were like. You know, they could have been bad fa fathers or bad brothers and, and sisters or uh, bad wives and husbands. And But uh, I'd say, you know, for someone like... Uh, Albert Einstein, supposedly, you know, he was not uh, the best father and husband, and and yet uh, his contributions, right, in the field of physics continue to to be applicable and impacting and um, valid, no matter the type of uh, father and uh, husband that he was. And this rule by which we can measure people applies to you and it applies to me and it most certainly applies to Chogim Trumper Rinpoche. And for someone like Sam Harris to have seemingly been oblivious to that uh, in his 
rush to trash Chogim Trimpa Rinpoche is, well, it's, it's kind of troublesome because he's teaching people how to meditate. You know, he has this app out there that is focused on teaching people how to meditate and apparently he has um, plenty of guided meditation instructions and he shares them with uh, his subscribers. So for someone that is very much interested in these kinds of matters. So what Sam Harris ends up doing here, as he rushes to talk trash about Chogim Trimpa Rinpoche, is even more disturbing because of this, this high interest that he has in teaching people how to meditate and the benefits of meditation. And on top of that, he's a scientist, right? And he brings um, all these guests to his show that uh, are experts in the fields, all kinds of different fields. And they talk about science and meditation and so forth. And uh, he talks quite a lot about the benefits of meditation, which you know, I need not to tell you, have a lot to do with being able to to see how it is that we are continually layering on top of our experience uh, all kinds of biases and um, we see what often what we want to see what we I just habitually are inclined to see because of our fears and our insecurities and all of the ignorance that arises as a result of our continuous attempt to secure this, this sense of, of self that we so desperately uh, hold on to. And Sam Harris talks a lot about this. And he cautions his audience on the dangers of not uh, seeing what is experienced because we are so preoccupied with our thinking process and we're so easily swayed by our emotions, uh, our jealousy, our passion, our aggression, that it's difficult for us to capture the information, the valid information about our world at any one given moment uh, or another. So as a scientist, right, this information that can is there available for us to connect with. Meditation is a tool that uh, makes possible for us to come in contact with and, and use that uh, information. What he ends up doing is that as he takes this passage from Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche's book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, he doesn't see that that's, that was information. That was, that was information that if he had taken the time to read carefully and, and reflect on and uh, ask himself, hey, um, is, what is, is, does this have something to do with my own experience? What um, I practice as a meditator and what I'm encouraging my audience to, to do? Is, what is this addressing? If he had just paused a bit and, and reflected a bit, instead of um, doing what he did, which was to just, in his rush, to just talk shit about Chogim Trimpa Rinpoche, 
in his desperation to find something in his writings that confirmed his conclusion that Shogim Trimpa Rinpoche was someone that believed he was perfect and enlightened, and as a result of that, he was incapable of committing moral and ethical errors in his life. So if he had just stopped, right, and uh, put that to the side, the very stuff that he encourages his audience to put to the side in order to be able to see the information that's there in front of them and how meditation helps us to do that, he would have seen that there in front of him, Chogim Trimpa Rinpoche was talking about this uh, set of teachings, the six paramitas, and specifically he was talking about the paramita of generosity, and that I think he would have come to the, to, to the conclusion after some investigation, wow, this is information that people have contemplated on, discussed, uh, have uh, applied to their own meditation practice, and all of these people for centuries have pretty much come to the same conclusion about these teachings. This is uh, valid information, verifiable information, proven information. It's a um, benefit to uh, allowing us, uh, together with meditation practice, to cut through uh, this very thick skin that our ego and our own self-centeredness amounts to. So Sam Harris fell on his own sword, so to speak. He found what he was looking for. You know, he went out there hunting through Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche's teachings. And he was looking for something. And he found it, just like we find all kinds of interesting things when we sit in meditation and we just stay a little too long with one particular state of mind uh, or another. And before you, you know it, we develop these elaborate stories. And they start with the usual passion, aggression, and ignorance that fuse these stories. So Sam Harris, driven by his own passion, right, to promote himself through this book and separate himself from the bad gurus and uh, promote himself as, I'm, I don't want to be a teacher, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a spiritual teacher, I'm not like these other guys that um, I think they're perfect, and by the way, see, right here, in this person's very own writings, he believes himself to be perfect, and right through this drive to do that, right? sell himself as a scientist, an objective scientist that's not at all interested in, in religion and spirituality. He's interested in, in facts and in science, rationality. He totally just failed to see the valid information there concerning this teaching, this uh, Paramita of generosity. And he literally leapfrogs through space and time decades back to that event that took place in the 1970s, right, concerning that poet couple, in order to make a connection, a connection that doesn't exist, that only exists in Sam Harris's mind, 
in his um, drive to talk shit about Chokim Trumpa Rinpoche. And no, it doesn't matter that cutting through spiritual materialism was written around the time that this event took place in the 1970s. That's besides the point. It actually makes the point I'm trying to make even more, more valid. Sam Harris was reading that commentary in present time, whenever it was that he wrote his book, Waking Up. And instead of, as he was reading this commentary on the Paramita of Generosity by Chogun Trumpa, and allowing the words to jump out at him so that he could see, oh, damn, shit. You know, there's a connection here between this instruction, this commentary, and uh, my own meditation practice. And what I'm able to verify directly through my own experience. And uh, all these other people have already done so for centuries. And to have seen that, um, wow, okay, this is valid, proven, repeatable, right? Experimentation that I as a scientist should be interested in. Instead of seeing that, right, he does leapfrog back in time and makes this connection that only exists in his own mind. And what he did was, in a way, no different from, let's say, what somebody that's in love does when they are out in nature and even the chirping sounds of singing birds confirm their profound uh, felt love. The birds are singing for me. They're singing for this love I have with my dearest one. No, Sam Harris, it's, um, it's just sound that your eardrums and your brain and this passion of being in love with someone is interpreting as verifying your love for someone. Okay, Aureliano Nava, you have beaten this Sam Harris horse enough with this to an end. Thank you, and until next time, take care of yourselves.